Laser sights increase confidence regardless of experience level, whether you're learning the fundamentals or overcoming aging eyes. Crimson Trace, making laser sights standard equipment. Visit crimsontrace.com to find a dealer near you. Welcome back to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Now we rejoin Tom at the 31st Annual Gun Rights Policy Conference. Oh yeah, we're just rocking along. We're having a good time here. We're, uh, we're basically getting together with a bunch of our friends. Phil, you grab that chair over there. Uh, we got people walking in. We're, we're just, it is a who's who of who's involved in the gun rights movement. And yeah, everybody knows the Second Amendment Foundation. Everybody knows the NRA. But what you may not know and if you don't shame on you, is that there is a state organization wherever you are. In every single state, there's a good state organization there. And if you're not involved in that, then I'm going to send you a gun talk slapogram. Just because when you open it, we're going to smack you upside the head. It's as simple as that, because you have to be involved. All right, now we are going to be talking with Jim Irvine from the Buckeye Firearms Association, obviously in Ohio. Sean Caran is with Florida Carry, which is a group that's been doing a lot of good things down here in Florida, where we are at the moment. And walking in the door, sitting down and joining us right now is Philip Van Clee from the Virginia Citizens Defense League. So what I'm going to do is, first of all, we have talked about the FASTER program that uh, Buckeye Firearms is doing training teachers and administrators and other people in the school system to carry it is a very good uh chris reno is a good friend of mine uh i know chris is involved in that yep it is not just a hey here's a familiarization class about what a gun is this is a serious training program isn't it yeah it's funny we had uh we, we work with RSOs and cops now, too, and we had a police officer come through, I think it was last year, one of the Sereno classes, and at the end of the class, this guy's been a cop for 20 years, done all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and at the end of the class, he says, hey, can I say something? Chris says, yeah, go ahead, and this guy says, look, in all my police training and everything I've ever done, this is far and away the best class I've ever taken. He goes, and it makes me mad, all the instructors I had that didn't hound me like Chris did on some basic things. He goes, I was always good enough, and that was good enough for law enforcement. But it's not good enough for Chris. It's not good enough for these teachers. He goes, everybody needs to know about this. So it was a really cool validation of the program from somebody who, who's done a lot of training and, uh, and a testament to Chris Serino and what an awesome instructor he is. How long have you guys been doing this now? Our fourth year. We just completed. We did eight classes this year. Uh, we spent over $200,000 this year, including giving out $15,000 worth of trauma gear for our schools. Where's the funding come from? Donations and some raffles, and we're looking for corporate funding. That's really the only thing that's holding us back from exploding this nation. This is the template. This is going to happen nationwide. If your school has a fire extinguisher in it, if your school has an AED in it, your school is going to have a trauma kit in it, and it's going to have armed staff in it because... Just like we did 50, 60 years ago, we got sick of our sending our kids to school and having them die in fires. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Today we're sick of sending our kids to school and having them die in violence. So we're gonna we're gonna fix that problem, and we're making great progress on it. You have uh, enough people wanting to take the classes? We're turning people away because we have more. We had more first year we ever had to turn people away, but we did this year because we have more demand. And it's we've also changed now. The first couple of years we trained. People who came to us wanted training, and then they went and begged. This year, the dynamic where school boards are sending us people, and then we're training them for the school board. And then a neat thing for the gun community is every class we did this year, we had people who had never touched a gun a year ago. But their school came to them and said, are you willing to take this responsibility on? Are you willing to do this? And they let me talk about it with my husband, with my wife. 
They went and got bought a gun. They took a concealed carry class. They got some training. They did a primer class. They showed up ready, willing, eager to learn. Not all of them passed the class mm-hmm. the first time, um, but then we've had them go home, work on the skills in the class, getting it with a law enforcement officer, pass their qualification, and they're authorized and carrying in schools this week. And I know some of the folks who take the classes and they they have this mindset, and it's what you're looking for. Not here, not now, not my kids. Exactly. I adopt the, the Spetsnaz from the, the Russian Special Forces. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? I mean, when are when are yeah. we going to keep our kids safe, and who's going to do it if not right. our school staff? Yeah, exactly. That is fabulous. Uh, Buckeye Firearms, of course, you guys are one of the leading state organizations, and you're involved in the legislation and all of that, too. But this program is just amazing. So congratulations. You guys are just doing great. BuckeyeFirearms.com. What's cooking in Florida? What you guys been up to? Uh, you know, it's been really busy. Uh, we, we came off a very successful legislative session um, this year. We didn't get through everything we wanted. Uh, we had a little bit of stonewalling by uh, – uh, some committee chairs that mm-hmm. uh, uh, wanted to stop our uh, bills. We had a bill for uh, uh, to legalize open carry in Florida. Right. Uh, Florida is one of the very few states in the country where open carry is illegal. Oh. Um, uh, so we're right up there with California and Illinois and, and New York. Wow. Which you think of uh, you think of uh, Florida, you don't think it would have California, Illinois, and New York. No, you really, you really don't. That actually surprises me. Um, but we we in fact do so. Uh, uh, we passed the open carry bill through the Florida House, uh, but a single committee chairman uh, blocked the bill. That's so the often Senate. the way it happens. Yeah. Uh, but this year we have a uh, a new Senate president coming in who's been very friendly to us in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in favor of both the open carry bill and our uh, campus carry bill uh, that we were working on last year and we'll be bringing those back and you know look forward to a better result this year uh we also have the open carry issue in front of the florida supreme court right now uh we're waiting on a ruling from them uh we expect it to uh follow kind of a peruda-esque type decision where in uh uh, where in the peruda case in california uh they said well there's not really a right uh per se to carry concealed but there Mm -hmm. may be one to carry openly well we've we've taken that argument to florida and said well they're issuing licenses here as a privilege not a right right and so where's the right it must be open if it's if concealed is going to be a privilege huh so uh we're waiting for a ruling on that and hope to have it in the next three to six months uh just whenever the court puts it out when i walked into the room you guys were over the corner talking and you were talking about the necessity, the requirement that people be involved, and not just involved, but active. Absolutely. There, when we go to a legislator and we say, hey, we've got a bill that, that, that we want you to uh, pass, mm-hmm. they don't stand a chance of passing anything through any committees just by going and saying, hey, guys, this is a good bill. Let's all pass this bill. It okay. takes personal involvement from our members and from our supporters to get out there and we'll, we'll send them an email when the bill's coming up to go into a committee. Right. We'll say, contact these particular legislators. Tell them that you want them to support this bill. And call them. Call their offices. Get in. It takes that individual engagement by our members and 1,000, 10,000 people writing these legislators to, say, to, be, to being, let them see how Being a good idea and being the right thing to do is not enough, is what you're telling me. Oh, absolutely. It, it really takes the involvement 
I mean, I'm looking at you guys. You're both over here nodding. Exactly. I mean, we, we got three state groups here, and you're all going, yeah, that's not enough. People have to show up. And the thing is, the only way you get 1,000 people to show up is you have 1,000 one-persons to show up. And people say, well, you know, I can't do anything on my own. And you, you hear Right, it. right. And, and the thing is, if... If everyone took that attitude, then we'd be nowhere. We'd have no one. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have a thousand. You know, uh, yeah. Nobody'd be there. But you get each individual says, "Yeah, I will be there." Now, here's a question for you: How do people know? And other people thinking, "Yeah, but I never know when these things are happening." You got to get plugged in, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you join your local organization. You get on their email list. You actively watch it. You don't just send it off to the spam folder. Um, uh, you you have to do some active listening. Ah, active listening. You have to be a not just a willing to do it. You have to participate. You have to bring something to it, Jim. Yeah, exactly. I tell everybody they've got to have a minimum of uh, for the state. There are three phone numbers: their state rep, their state senator, and their governor. All those phones need to be in their cell phone, so that anytime they're listening to gun talk or an issue or whatever it is on the radio, mm-hmm. and some idea pops in their head, hey, right then, just make a quick phone call and say, hey. I'm Jim Irvine, and I support this bill, or I'm opposed to this concept. Just that short message, when it comes up, when it's on your mind, that start building that relationship with your representative. Because if they don't know you, you're not involved, and they're not representing you. Philip, you may be one of the best at getting people to show up with uh, the Virginia Citizens Defense League. How did you go about building that enthusiasm with your folks? Well, we we have an email list which reaches out to 28,000 people. We have 6,800 paid members. We've got another 28,000 that might. And... We keep the alert focused on guns, mm-hmm. what affects people in Virginia, and what they may need to know outside that could affect them in Virginia. Right. We don't get off on any other tangents, zero other things. It's guns. And the way it's uh, the way it's been put together, we just constantly get thanks and praise, and people say, you know, I look forward to that coming hey, out. I'm on your mailing list. I'm on all your mailing lists, you know. Yeah. And I'm not in your state, but I learned something by that. And that's something we ought to talk about. Let me take a quick break here, guys. We'll come back. I want to talk about the absolute necessity. Each person who says, what can I do for gun rights? Well, you must be involved on the state level, because that's really where the rubber meets the road. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. When it's all on the line, you can count on Trijicon Optics. Earning its reputation in combat and on hunts in all corners of the world, Trijicon comes through. The new AccuPower rifle scopes feature battery-powered illuminated reticles, variable power, adjustable brightness, plus they're waterproof. The years of waiting, the dollars spent, your hunt of a lifetime comes down to a single moment. Get Trijicon quality. Trijicon.com. Trijicon.com. As we celebrate two centuries in Remington country, it's humbling to think about all the ground we've covered. Since the infancy of our nation, we've journeyed with you every step of the way, helping shape the course of American history. Remington country is bigger than a place, and for the 200 years, it's been our highest honor supporting your freedoms and your way of life. To celebrate, Remington is giving away 200 guns. For a chance to win, tell us your story at 200sweepstakes.remington.com. Attacks happen every day. How will you react? See real people put into real-life criminal attack situations on First Person Defender. Discover what works and what doesn't. Kidnapping, ATM robbery, home invasion, and other attacks. Learn how to save your life and the lives of your family. Get the entire first season on DVD at ShopGunTalk.com. Get prepared. ShopGunTalk.com. Shooting your gun is more fun than cleaning your gun, right? 
then you want Federal's newest high-tech ammo, American Eagle Syntec. With polymer-coated bullets to eliminate copper and lead fouling, clean burning powders, and the Catalyst lead-free primer, Syntec range ammunition means you clean less, shoot more, and shoot better. No copper jacket also reduces splashback when shooting steel in 9mm, 40, and 45. Visit federalpremium.com and ask your local retailer for Syntec ammo. All right, we're back with you here. I was just talking to the break here. We've got to share some stories. Philip, I want to start off with you. You're talking about how effective it is when you have the members, when you have individuals contacting their legislators. Oh, yeah. That, they, they grease the skids for me as I come into lobby. Um, the, a lot of times the legislators have already heard, and if they haven't heard from their, from their constituents and they don't really give me an answer I like, I can go back, get the constituents to contact them, and go in the next day. You could take another pass at it. Yeah, uh, yeah I've seen attitudes just flip-flop, just whoop, you know, over to the other side because they've got so many calls. Um, and uh, lobby day, we flood the building once a year on uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. Mm-hmm. We had 1,200 people there last year. They were telling us, they, they, they said, you know, you kind of need to move your people through the building because we might hit capacity. I'd never heard that, not, of that building hitting capacity. Not my problem. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really what happened. We didn't rush anybody through. <laughs> Jim. Same thing. If uh, As a lobbyist, everyone thinks the lobbyist is the all-powerful, not even close. I, I am a voice, but the power comes from the grassroots. If the grassroots have called the office before I walked in, even the anti-gun person I can bring on board because the constituents made it important to the legislator. Now I can show them why his vote, why we're the right way to vote. But if no one else called the office beforehand, it doesn't matter how great the idea is. They're afraid of the unknown. They don't want to be a part You're of walking it. in, they're going, yeah, you're pitching an idea, but yeah, there's nothing behind it. Yeah. If, if they've heard from, I've got 100 or 200 or 300 calls. And that's the other thing. People don't realize, Sean, is the value. You don't have to have 100,000 people. If a legislator gets 100 calls. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've had... A bill slot is one of the most expensive commodities in the legislature. Just getting someone to file that bill slot mm. and use it for you. Okay. Um, and we've had legislators go, well, why should I file a bill for you? I've never even heard of this issue that you're talking about. Right. You know, maybe, maybe it's a technical issue, but it's never been a problem. And then you have, okay, 30, 40 people call up and say, hey, this bill's important to me. Now it gets some traction. Now you get a bill sponsor. Now you get moving on it. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised uh, sometimes how few it takes. These legislators, truly, they, they get all these bills out there. And, you know, they may get five calls, three calls, no calls. Yeah. And if they even get ten, their ears are already perked. No kidding. Believe it or not. People don't. And this is... This is what hurts a lot of people. They, they think, oh, I'm just one voice out there. So they hear from me, big deal. It actually is a big deal, and that's a, that's a secret that the legislators really want to kept, keep hidden. You could actually have an impact by just getting your shooting buddies. If you had a dozen of your shooting buddies, you could actually make something happen. A- absolutely, and laws are passed that way all the time. They figure for every call they get, they multiply by 10, 15, 20 or more and saying, okay, this really represents a whole bunch more people that aren't calling me. But right. a- and one thing our legislators know about, particularly in the gun owner community, is not only is the issue important to us, not only do we fill up their emails and you know melt down their phones when mm-hmm. we need to, they also know that we vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. They mm-hmm. know that we also come out and volunteer it th- during their campaigns. Right. Uh, now, our organization might not. 
but our members certainly do. Right. And they know that these are the same people. Sure. And that carries a lot of weight with our well, members. I know, I know for some issues, uh, usually I let the constituents contact. I, we have our system set up, so all you do is you have a pre-written message which you can edit, but you, but you put in your address, and it figures out who your senator and your delegate are and fires it off sure. to them. But on occasion, one of them will really rub us wrong. We really need them on board. I will take all 28,000 and say, you need to contact this guy. <laughs> Literally. You go nuclear all, on them. They, they plead and beg and, and, and Tur- scream and yell, right. oh, my God, I can't do anything at all that's, but see your email. Call off the dogs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we had one complaint that... Uh, <laughs> Well, we, we call it the, the phone meltdown. We literally, there were so many calls coming in, it literally damaged the equipment and had to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Philip, I've got to ask you, you know, the, the big news, VCDL, the uh, the Katie Couric special, the uh, eight-second gap is kind of like, where's Rosemary Woods when you need her? Uh, the whole deal, and, and most people know what we're talking about, but set the stage for us of what happened, okay? Uh, yeah, we were approached. Uh, I was approached to see if the group would be interested in myself. They, they interviewed me for two hours to see if we could do a documentary, is what they called it, with Katie Kirk. And um, so, you know, we did all the, you know, I, I had a two-hour session with her, which I taped, and then the organ- the rest of the group, I uh, the rest of the group, eight, eight of our, our, our you had a panel our, there, panel there, there yeah. and they were all part of this, and that was also being recorded. Mm-hmm. And um, Katie, when the time came to put the film together, she edited that in such a way that it changed everything from what we were saying, made it look like we were a bunch of idiots that well, didn't ba- have an Basically, she, she said, well, if you didn't have... Uh uh, background, back, background checks, you know, if you didn't have you know, people on the terror watches, if they could buy guns, you know, how would you prevent a terrorist from getting a gun? And then in, uh, what they showed on TV was they kind of showed different people in your group, and they're all kind of looking around like, man, I just don't have a clue. I, I guess there's just no way for us to keep guns away from terrorists. Fortunately, you guys are smart. You've been there before. Somebody had an audio recorder running. Yeah, so we had, yeah, we came back with immediate answers, six minutes of back and forth. And another part they cut out is right when, when she originally asked the question, she says, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. I know how you're going to answer this, but I need to ask the question. And then she went on admitting right there. She right. knew there was going to be an answer, but sure. they cut all that out. What they did was, after the whole session was over, and they said, okay, that's a wrap, they said, oh, we need everybody to sit dead still mm-hmm. no movement no noise we're going to tape the audio yeah, level we'll and call it room tone we got to get some room tone. room tone but they were filming during that time and that's where they got the eight seconds because you don't you don't stare at somebody okay. you can't communicate so this with was, you look at the floor as a as a tv producer myself uh, i've edited a lot of stuff that's just lying through editing so obviously they lied, and then they came back and showed it again. So you guys have filed suit at this yes, point. We're, we're what, suing, what, what's happened? Well, we're suing for twelve million dollars. Her and uh, her her produ- associate producer and their companies and the companies distributing and promoting this are all being sued. Uh, Katie's admitted that she misrepresented and misled. I mean, she's right. she's already made the admission. Right. So we're going to court. What's the outlook at this point? Well, I don't, you know, it's new. We just filed a couple right. of weeks ago. So now it's just the early stages. Everybody's getting, you know, she's being served and yeah. lawyer, yeah. lawyering up or whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everybody's involved in that. Well, keep us posted on that. Yep. Yeah, we had some interesting things in Virginia. I don't know if you have. Absolutely. Talk to me. Um, well, we had our uh, our attorney general. You know, we don't think a lot about an attorney general, but like a lot of things, they have some power. And mm-hmm. if they're not abusing it, you don't think a lot about it. But uh, we have one that loves to abuse it. And he decided to basically say, we're not going to honor 25 states.
Rights for Reciprocity. That's right. That's right. They're just you know, and you know what? Just arbitrarily. You know, we were talking about earlier when he did that. All of a sudden, people that have been dead to the world, which I'm talking about, permit holders. We got four hundred and twenty-five thousand in Virginia. Mm-hmm. I would say four hundred thousand of those tend to sleep all the time. Sure. They were totally out of it. Then this happened, and all these zombies woke up, <laughs> and they all got on the phones. And they bombarded all these senators and delegates, and they're going, "Oh my God!" You know, even the even the Democrats that were totally anti-gun were going, "Whoa! I didn't even know I had these people in my district. I've never heard yes. from them." Because these people it. are thinking, "What's the point?" Well, there is a point, right. and this proves it. The pressure was so intense across the whole General Assembly, including the anti-gunners, that they were trying to come up with a solution to this. They had to do something because they had an election year coming up mm. this year. And and the governor ended up taking the the uh, the attorney general that did this, throwing him under the bus, rolled the bus forward, rolled back over him, rolled it forward, <laughs> rolled back over him, and, and the the attorney general didn't show up, and we got a bill through, and that bill was better, it was what we've been wanting for years. So thanks to this attorney general overstepping his bounds, mm-hmm. we came in, and we even got this governor that we've got. McAuliffe yeah, right. to sign this bill, and now we honor all states. So if you've got a permit to carry in the United States anywhere, you're welcome in Virginia with that permit now. It is the power of having a lot of people respond. If I mean, they would do just, it every year, just spend one day that mad, yeah. I could do anything I want. Well, Amen. That, I, I and gonna, that's it, exactly. I was going to make that point. If they would do that every year, no one, none, the legislators nor the attorney general would, would come in and try something like that because they would know what was going to be happening. And that's why you have to be involved in doing it all the time. That's why you, you got to belong to, you know, Florida Carry and Buckeye Firearms and Virginia Citizens Defense League. You simply have to belong to your state group, but more than belong, right? You have to be active. You got to be active. You got to say, okay, I'm not just a member, I'm here. What do you need done? Send me in. Tell me which hill to take. I'm, a, so, I'm a soldier. Yeah. That's the, it. That's exactly it. The little things that the individual does build the mountain that we have the success on. There, there it is. All right. BuckeyeFirearms.org, FloridaCarry.org, right? VCDL.org. Right. .org. There you go for those. And if you're not in one of those states, you need to go ahead and take a look at what they're doing because you guys are, are really doing it well. We've got some really great state groups now. And whatever state you're in, you need to you need to join it, you need to get involved, and you need to get active in it. Don't go far. We'll be right back. I'm Tom Gresham. We're at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Tampa, Florida. Having a ball. Welcome back to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Now we rejoin Tom at the 31st Annual Gun Rights Policy Conference. All right, here we are at GRPC, visiting with a lot of our friends, a lot of folks I've known for a long, long time, including these two guys, Jim Wallace with Gun Owners Action League, Goal, out of Massachusetts. Is that the oldest state group Goal is, do you think? I don't know, it's 1974. Got to so. be, be one of the yeah. one of the oldest ones. It's got to be pretty close if it's not. Absolutely. And, yeah. then, and then his honor, Philip Journey from Kansas State Rifle Association. But when you're on your job, people really do say your honor because you are, in fact, a sitting judge. Yeah, well, you know, that honor part, that's only like for when you're in an orange jumpsuit. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a life member of NRA, of course, or, well, endowment or whatever it is, benefactor. I forget which one. I just keep sending the money. Yeah, right. And then, uh, especially when I go to the annual meeting and I get that special <laughs> 
deal. Every year I bump it up yeah. one. Yeah, and uh, a life member of KSRA. I served on their board of directors from 1992 to 2016. So I just came off a term. Oh, okay. Good deal. All right. So, Jim. Yes, sir. You're in Massachusetts. We just had why, the most. Why do you have to keep reminding him? Because <laughs> it makes him feel so much better yeah. where call, he lives. We call yeah. that downward yeah. comparison. There's always someone who has it worse yeah. than you do. That's like visiting somebody in the hospital and goes, your leg's supposed to look like that? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Says, Man, sucks to be you. Oh, ah, I'm so sorry. You. I feel so good about myself because I'm not you. How's that? That's right. All, right. All right. So you just had the most amazing thing happen there that was... And no one could have imagined it because it was so bizarre. Describe what just happened. Oh, just off the wall. Um, Massachusetts, unfortunately, still has uh, an assault weapons ban because it was separate from the federal law mm-hmm. when it sunsetted. And, um, y- you know, we've we've dealt with so-called compliant guns since 1994 in Massachusetts. Right, right. We were up until July 19th. And then, uh, without warning... These are guns that were were basically manufactured to comply with the with, features test with the law. Right. So the, everything yeah. com- was complying with the law. Absolutely. The ATF understood the rules. The mass government understood the rules. The retailers, manufacturers, the buyers, everybody understood the rules until July twentieth. Okay. And then on July twentieth, without warning, except for the fact that we learned later that she briefed our Republican governor and he backed her on this move. Wonderful. Uh, that she woke up. Literally she held the press. Who? The Attorney General of Massachusetts, Maura Healy, woke up, held the press conference, and said that I am now enforcing the law. This is how she's getting away with it. Supposedly, sure. she's not a not a new law. It's right. just no enforce the law. Right. She, she's actually reinterpreting it. So that's a whole different oh, thing. absolutely reinterpreting it. And what she did was to say that anything that resembles uh, a banned gun is now a banned gun. And she added two more tests to it. One is a similarity test, and one is an interchangeability test. And the interchangeability test goes so far as, let's say, the uh, the Tavor, which is a popular gun now. Right. Because it takes an AR mag, it is now banned in Massachusetts. So anything that can take a part Whoa. of a banned gun, like an AK, an AR, you know, an FN, uh, a Tech 9, anything that can take a part of one of those. But that wasn't written into the original law. No, absolutely not. The only original law was the features test. You know, if it had two of the, the popular features or right. whatever, you know, bayonet. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how many drive-by bayonettings there were in this country. Okay, but, so are people, you know, I know people are asking, and they probably ask you, how can yeah. she do that? Well, by, well, so far. Because nobody by, stopped her. Right. By saying that she's not reinventing the law she's not changing the law she's just finally enforcing the law Mm -hmm. because in the law it says copies and duplicates and she's saying that anything that's anything near these guns is a copy or duplicate now i've made the argument to the media that you know if tom if you and i had a media contract and we went to the copier machine and i made a copy and your contract came out kind of similar would that be okay with you probably not so it's not a copy or a duplicate because we understand it's the English not the same language, thing. right? Yeah. But unfortunately, what she has done, uh, although it's going to be challenged, is literally overnight made hundreds of thousands of families in Massachusetts to be now what we call felons in waiting. Well, now, so they had a gun that was legal, and then the next day they had a gun that was illegal. Correct. Because they were told before, you can buy this gun perfectly legal. The feds agree. The state agrees. Mm-hmm. Buy it. Go do the background check. Do the whole thing. And everybody bought them in good faith. And then 
she has the gall to say, well, we're going to let them keep those guns because they thought they were legal. Well, is that right? N- n- not necessarily. No. no. Uh, but well, you got to remember. Let's let's take a step back too, because you got to remember that in Massachusetts, unfortunately, we've had registration, not registration, but transfer reporting since the '60s. So, got to remember, for 22 years, all of these transfers were approved by the state. Okay. They have to be. Right. Um, now, what she has done is say that uh, declare that the gun itself, because. Uh, the assault weapons ban in Massachusetts includes possession. So you've you've broken the law, according to her. Mm-hmm. You are now, and by the way, punishment of this particular crime is 10 years in prison. This is not a joke. So, so you've got tens of thousands of people who yeah. could, and they actually have filled out the paperwork. Right. So you have the de facto admission that I have committed a felony. Right. right. So by her, what she you. has promised in her enforcement letter is that, she will not prosecute anybody who's purchased one prior to this date, but there's no guarantees in law. And I remind people that the very last, very last line of her enforcement letter is that she can change this enforcement letter at any time. So she, there's no protections in law for these people. You have literally hundreds of thousands of people who are now felons in waiting, and it's very serious because your first offense is 10 years, your second offense is 15 years, so we don't know how far it goes. Then the problem is she starts publishing a Q&A page on this stuff about what it covers, what it doesn't cover, and then we have to rush out and tell our members, wait a minute, folks, a Q&A page may or may not be a legal defense. So be careful. She hasn't changed the enforcement notice. She's just mm-hmm. changing the Q&A page. And one example is she came out and said, uh, well, 22 rim fires, like, Pick one, the M and P fifteen twenty two. Right, you know, twenty two rim fires uh, are not covered under this enforcement letter. But then she says, in the, in the next line, but you cannot modify a banned gun to only accept twenty two rim fires to make it legal. Well, twenty two legal or is it not legal? And there's nothing in the law that even mentions different calibers. So you know, then the next question is, well. If if twenty two rim fires are, are okay because they're not a two two three, does that mean an AR ten is okay because it's a three oh eight because it's a different caliber for an AR? And it just blah, 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 it just keeps going down the line. Right. Maybe oh. she should run for the legislature <laughs> if she wants to write the law. She should run for the legislature. Well, here's the thing: is that the timing of this, Tom, was right in the middle of the national public uh, Republican convention. Right. So most of the legislators were gone fr- uh, from Massachusetts. And they only had two weeks left anyway, because July 31st was the last day of their session. Right. So she announces this on a Wednesday. Clever timing. And then on a Monday, she shows up at the DNC in Philadelphia and holds a press conference about what she just did in Massachusetts. There you go. Hold that thought, guys. Be right back. We're at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Tampa, and we'll be right back with more. and bodyguards carry more comfortably walk more confidently when it comes to personal protection nothing beats a bodyguard choose the lightweight compact and concealable bodyguard 380 pistol or the bodyguard 38 revolver both with a built-in laser sight the smith and wesson bodyguards carry more comfortably walk more confidently what's important in a gun safe security reliability safety 
good looks? It all comes down to quality. Quality that's built in from the beginning. Liberty Safe has made quality products for 29 years right here in the USA. Trust your guns, your valuables, and your safety to Liberty Safe. Did you ever regret buying quality? I didn't think so. Get the best. Whatever your budget, get a Liberty Safe. LibertySafe.com. Hi, this is Tom Gresham from Gun Talk. America is losing critical wildlife habitat at a rate of one football field every hour. It's happening on the Louisiana coast, but it's critical to all sportsmen and conservationists. These precious wetlands provide winter habitat for more than 10 million ducks and geese annually, waterfowl that migrate north through dozens of states. Don't shrug it off. Get involved. You can help. Visit vanishingparadise.org. Fans of Slip 2000 EWL Gun Lubricant will want to try EWL 30 this summer. The thicker EWL 30 sits up, migrates less, stays wetter longer, and will not dry out. Perfect for long-term storage. It also holds up better in hotter conditions, while still providing the excellent high round count performance you have come to expect from the original EWL. Slip 2000. We're all about gun care. Learn more at slip2000.com. After a long work day, you need a break when you get home. That's when it's trigger time. With quality adult air guns that are powerful, accurate, and quiet, and cost just pennies to shoot. We are Pyramid Air. We know air guns. Let our experts with more than 150 years of combined air gun experience help find the right air gun for you. Get your trigger time, anytime, for less. PyramidAir.com. So you don't get any trigger time these days? Uh, Ever since, when, when you, everybody says, oh, you guys get to shoot all the time. No, actually. No, no. Look at it. Everybody goes, no, we don't no. do that. All right. Now, uh, we're talking to Jim Irvine, and we're talking to uh, Philip Jardy from Kansas. J- Jim from Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts. This incredible action, uh, I think probably a legal action. Uh, I know that there's been at least one lawsuit filed by Innocence Left, which is filed, but that's kind of from the standpoint of the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys working on something? Yeah, we'll work on something else. We'll we'll come at it from uh, the the Second Amendment and due process clause, that kind of thing. So we're still working on that. You know, you know the sad thing is, Tom, everybody gets impatient because yeah. as soon as something bad happens, they want you know a it's, thousand lawyers and a million dollars to drop out of the sky and right. take care of things, and it's just not the way it happens. Now you, you mentioned during the break something that's interesting going on. Okay, so the attorney general has said, "Well, I'm not going to prosecute you for this." Two things. One is there's no promise that another following AG wouldn't, and we'll talk about that. Sure. But the other one is in Massachusetts, you have to register your guns. You have to re-register your guns. Is that the way it works? No, you don't actually don't have to register anything. You have to report a transfer. So okay, okay. In effect, it's kind of the same, but if you move into the state, you don't have to register anything. Um, but anyway, they, they know what you have transferred. Okay, Since, so people are going in, but sure. what's what's happening when they go in? To, well, we have to renew our licenses every six years. You have to renew your years. license, okay. And, and under Massachusetts law, at least for a license to carry, which is handguns and high caps and so-called mm-hmm. mass-compliant AWs, um, what we are starting to hear now, which is what I worried about from day one, was more insidious ways to use this thing, which is licensing officers will look up your records, say, no, you've bought two or three of these guns, you're now potentially a felon. I have to report you to the attorney general's office, and I can't renew your license because you're an unsuitable person. 
Wow. So it's 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 very insidious. And we told people that from day one. I mean, Tom, think about it if you've got an aggressive DA who hates gun owners. Absolutely. And, and you get tangled up in a stupid misdemeanor, and your mm-hmm. attorney calls the DA and says, ah, come on, we can get rid of this. Well, you know, your client's got three of these guns. We checked his Merck's records. And, the, and, and uh, we could be looking uh, at a 10-year felony. 10 years. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so how about if we just uh, send you to prison for yeah. two years instead of the 10, yeah. cut a plea, now they've got the leverage yeah. on you. But, but I truly believe, Tom, she kind of tipped her her hand here nationally and i think it's more insidious than people think you know the typical question is i get from the media come on jim do you think they're going to line you guys up and make you turn in your guns believe it or not tom i think it's more insidious than that now and i'm not a tinfoil hat guy because what we've just witnessed is an attorney general who's trying to make all of the gun owner families prohibited people and once you do that, you can prevent them from voting. You can prevent them from taking part in school committees. You can take. There's all kinds of things that fall in line here, and it's not paranoia anymore. I mean, she just announced what her plan is. All right, so they so. come. They come to you, Judge, and they're sitting in front of you with this thing. <laughs> what would you like to be able to tell them? Well, okay, uh, you know, I d- I don't know Massachusetts law. I'm not licensed to practice there. Uh, I can certainly see that. The reinterpretation of the statute, attorney general's opinions are generally not binding. They are illustrative. You know, they illustrate the point and they illustrate one interpretation of the statute, but it ultimately comes down to the court to say whether that's a valid one or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly see that the people whose licenses were not renewed because they had one of these farms that they were told were legal and now they're, they have a a uh, grounds standing been, standing to go harmed. forward with a lawsuit mm-hmm. right so a lot of times people want to go file a lawsuit but they don't have standing because they haven't been harmed and they're just they just feel strongly about the issue mm-hmm. um you know a, a good example in kansas that i'm intimately familiar with when i was in the state senate we uh legalized class three firearms in the state and this and it came from attorney general's opinions issued almost 20 years before that where Kansas statute said if you were a law enforcement officer, you could have a fully automatic firearm, mm-hmm. and that was it, and there, nobody else could. Well, there was an attorney general's opinion 20 years ago that said, well, you know, they have to buy them from somebody, so Class three dealers must be able to have them. That was the legislative intent, even though there was no provision in the statute. The following attorney general, Carlos Stovall, said the same thing. Yeah, well, well you know what Bob Steffen said. That's good. Then, <clears throat> then a Democrat won, and I knew this guy because he was a prosecutor, in Johnson County, and he was a real stickler. And so I talked to one of my friends in the Democratic Party. I go, go ask him, ask him again, ask him again. And sure enough, he came back with one said, "Nope, only cops can have them." So when he issued that mm. opinion, then the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms shut down every Class Three dealer in the state of Kansas, and that gave me a crisis to run the bill ah. and say whatever's good under federal law is good under Kansas law, and that was enacted and signed by the governor because once you inform the legislators and the governor, go, look, this is what the feds do. Right. We don't need to duplicate this, do we? We got better things to do with our money. They all go, yeah, that looks great. Let's just do it. And so, you know, now you can own a suppressor and a fully automatic firearm in Kansas when you hadn't been able to forever. Amazing stuff. I mean, it really is. Hey, guys, hold on a second here. We'll, uh, we'll get back to this. Uh, Massachusetts. By the way, if you uh, want to know more, uh, goal is G-O-A-L, goal.org. And the Kansas State Rifle Association is K-R... K-S-R-A-Web.org. Thank you. K-S-R-A-Web.net. Net. Dot org? Net. 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 It's net net. 
All right, here you go. All right, we're at the GRPC. We're in Tampa. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. back with you. Got uh, Jim Wallace and Phil Journey with me right now. All right. Talk to me. Massachusetts. What's the narrative? What, what are you doing? You, do, you keep talking about changing the narrative. What does that mean? Yeah, change the narrative. Don't don't accept what, what people, especially in the media, are trying to talk to you about. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a great example, Tom. A- after the Orlando terrorist attack, you know, I, I was on a, a radio station talking about this, and the, you know, the uh, the host said, "Come on, Jim. Even you can admit that terrorists shouldn't have access to an assault weapon." And I said, "Really? What kind of gun should a terrorist have access to?" So, th- you know, most guys would have wasted a half hour trying to explain how warm and fuzzy the AR-15 was. Right. And, and I'm trying to change the subject. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the terrorists. So, you tell me. Let's make a list. We're on the radio, but I got a pen. Let's go. Name them off. What kind of gun? What, should a terrorist What gun should have? you? How about none? Yeah. So there you go. And. You know, it, it's all those kinds of things that don't accept what they're trying to argue with you with, because chances are, if they're asking you questions, they're trying to paint you into a corner. Sure. Don't accept the premise of their question. Make sure you get your message out. And, and I, I made a reputation up in Massachusetts after the Newtown murders, because most of my colleagues around the country, as you know, Tom, they kind of turtled up. They didn't want to talk about it. I took every microphone that was that they offered me. I did 150 interviews after those attacks because I wanted to talk about the mental health issues. I wanted to talk about the crime issues. I wanted to talk about the good things that gun owners do. And, uh, you know, what I talked about on the floor this morning was when I talked to the people, when I talked to reporters, I split it up into three categories now. Safety, homicides, and suicides. Gun owners are responsible for one of those, and we're excellent at it. That's right. We're good at safety. Right. The government is in charge of homicides and suicides, and they stink at and it. And they do a lousy right. job. So, Phil. Yo. Me- media takeaway. Uh, you got to know how to talk to the media. you got to know what to do here. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I've done an awful lot of it, and yeah. it is really important that individuals that uh, represent organizations are prepared for when they go in that they have some media training so that they know how to deflect the question and go back to the original premise they got to figure out what they want to say and how they want to say it and get it said a lot of times there's a lot of questions out there that will try to pull them off topic you know it we have got to make the point to the american people if the American people are with us, the politicians will follow. They don't lead, they follow. Mm-hmm. They want to protect mm-hmm. themselves. And so, you know, we've got to reach out to millennials. We've got to bring the kids into the shooting sports. And that's what I talked about this morning, how important it is. I'm right. a 4-H instructor and uh, coach. And great program. we've got great kids in the program in Sedgwick County in Kansas. And, you know, by the way, we've got absolutely the best bird year coming what up in said. 30 years quail in Kansas, pheasant? quail, pheasant, turkey. Mm. Oh, my goodness. We've gotten so much rain this year. It's just absolutely here? amazing. No, <laughs> you know, why aren't we in Kansas? Which, yeah. You know, you know it is going to yeah. be a great year in Kansas. You know, come uh. on down. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got a lot for you to go hunt. It's going to be outstanding. We've got some outstanding shooters in Kansas that came up through 4-H. They've shot in the Olympics this right. year. Right. Uh, we've got one boy from Sedgwick County, Ben Walkies. He won the national championship in air pistol for 4-H last year. Year, and he did it with a daisy. You know, he's oh, shooting against yeah. kid with fine work brows and styres and, and and Pardinis, and you know, and he did it with a daisy. And then you know, this year he won the national championship with small bore pistol. 
uh, you know, his kids went and bought him a Steyr FP10. I'm so jealous. You know, it's a great well, air the, pistol. The thing I want to uh, tag on to this is if you're not the person who has the training and knows how to be in front of the media, don't get in front of the media. Make oh, okay. sure that your club or your state organization, whatever it is, has one designated person that does this because you want somebody good at it, right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. They okay. need to go get training. There you go. All right. Buckeye Firearms Association. Buckeyefirearms.org. Right? No, I'm Gun Owners Action. Oh, I'm sorry, Gun Owners Action. I left the wrong one. Oh, my gosh. It's a, yeah. I'll go, go work with Linda, though. She's great. There you go. Gold.org yeah. and then yeah. uh, Kansas State <laughs> Rifle Association. KSRAweb.net. Yep. There you go. Thank you, gentlemen. I sure appreciate it. Sorry to put you in Ohio. It's in a good state, though. Hey, I'll, I'll go to Ohio anytime. Sure. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Get involved in your state organization. Only the Second Amendment depends upon it. Thanks for joining us.